Good day, everybody. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations. In this episode, uh, episode 50, uh, we will be uh, diving into uh, three things. One, we will be uh, dealing with the uh, attack just a couple days ago of a kosher deli in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, perpetrated by a couple literally a couple, a male and a female, from the Black Israelite organization. Uh, we will be uh, talking about a book that I would recommend that you would read called Angels in the Architecture, uh, which is an argument for a Christian culture. And uh, lastly, uh, we will be uh, dealing with the unending struggle, uh, the unending uh, desire the unending uh, conquest of Afghanistan, uh, how a Christian should uh, understand the war in Afghanistan, and how uh, uh, we should seek to construct uh, as the church, as Christians, uh, how we should um, build up, encourage, and uh, tear down and discourage things in Afghanistan. Enjoy the conversation, and here we go. In this segment of Curious Conversations, episode 50, we will be looking at uh, the New Jersey shooting, uh, where uh, six were left dead, of which were targeted in this Jewish deli by... Uh, black Israelites or black Jews, black Hebrews. Uh, I'm uncertain of which sect of the uh, black Israelites these two, uh, male and female uh, duo, were a part. But since the uh, late 90s, it has been uh, perceived, judged, reckoned that that there is a fringe of the black Israelite movement that has a violent bent to it, has a uh, terroristic uh, leaning towards, uh, and it's in one sense a part of the uh, programming. It's not a bug, it's not a quirk, it's not a cancer. Uh, It is a... A not necess- it's not all it's also not a necessary result, but uh, like any white supremacy group, not all white supremacists are violent. Uh, not all even clan like we'll say like the Klansmen or whatever. Not all of them are violent, uh, but we there is enough violent members of white supremacist groups. There is enough violent ones to be assured that KKK, in general, is a white supremacist terrorist organization. And uh, I would argue that there is no reason to uh, deny or to refuse to recognize uh, that the black Israelite movement, similar to Black Panthers or the... uh, 
black nationalist movement for the uh, Nation of Islam are also a black supremacist a terrorist organization. Uh, not, not Again, not that everybody in the organization is so. I'm uh, good acquaintances, if not friends, certainly battle buddies with a black Israelite. And uh, despite our own feelings, when he asked me to put black Israelite on his dog tags, I refused. I told him no, because uh, black Israelite is considered a organization of hate and I will not put them on your dog tags. Uh, he respected that. He, to this day, does not have them on his tags. Uh, because of that, he sees it as unfortunate that the organization is such that uh, has such a reputation that it requires such instances, but I would also not put uh, neo-Nazi or uh, KKK on somebody's religious views either. Uh, it's uh, So it's, it should be of no shock that there are violent people who have then taken advantage of their uh, racist uh, tendencies. Uh, in this case, black supremacy racist tendencies. And have uh, shot up this white Jewish uh, deli this white Hebrew deli uh, with the result being uh, six dead including themselves and a police officer uh, most of the time and um, in media black Israelites never have a good light about them and I don't desire to paint them in a good light but I do want to make the point that there are multiple sects of the black Hebrew Israelites, but uh, there is an overarching theme to them. Uh, I'll just list off uh, black Hebrew Israelites. Um, all of them believe that um, they are that uh, black people, especially those of their uh, sect, are uh, descendants of Israel. Uh, they are. Israelite, uh, or they have Israelite dissension, uh, that in some of them, uh, or all of them in some degree or another, uh, practice or subscribe to Judaic customs and traditions, uh, depending on which sect will depend on, uh, the severity of their holding to. There are some that absolutely reject any uh, Jewish traditions. Uh, I believe that that is the black Israelite sect. Black Hebrew is more traditional and the black Jews are very they're to the point where they even convert to Judaism and uh, practice all the customs and courtesies and traditions. Uh, all of them have a black supremacy bend to them and uh, especially in the first one that I mentioned, the black Israelite sect, uh, they are very aggressive and at times violent in their, uh, beliefs. Uh, this is a new, this, or I take that, this is a new, a wave of an old ideology 
uh, new as in the what we, what is now known as the Black Israelite Movement is uh, started back in like the late 19th century and didn't become what's called now the Black Israelite Movement until about the 1980s. So it's pretty new, uh, and it came out around the same time as uh, Mormonism. Mormons uh, taught for the longest time that Native Americans were descendants of Israel. Uh, they also taught that uh, black people were descendants from uh, demons and uh, or apostate Israelites. Uh, they're so it is coming out of this confusion of uh, gene theory and uh, uh, Christianity, this heretical teaching that uh, you can look at somebody's genes and tell what covenant they're a part of. Uh, it's a corruption because Christians understand that a true Israelite is one who uh, believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, who believes in the gospel, who believes um, by faith the teachings of God's revelation. Uh, and the issue that uh, you have when you deal with uh, the theories of genes and good genes and stuff like that is that all of a sudden you lose the promises of God. You ignore God's promises and that in keeping God's promises and seeking to be faithful to God, God keeps his promises and makes your descendants better and better. Uh, in the wake of unfaithfulness in many uh, white nominal Christians, uh, I believe that Many black nominal Christians saw this as an opportunity to seek after, uh, seek after the mantle, uh, not recognizing that the reason why uh, in Europe things progressed a lot faster than in Africa or Asia had nothing to do with their whiteness. It had everything to do with their fate. Their uh, ancestors' faithfulness, and not even a majority, only a handful, a very slim minority of uh, the Western society were actually Christians. Uh, but even in the days of the beginning of black Israelites, only one in ten, uh, less than one in ten people in the world were Christians. Uh, and that varied between nations. Obviously, some nations were more Christianized than others. To this day, there's only one in three people claim to be Christians, uh, which is obviously three times more than about 150 years ago, but still, uh, that is still not a majority. And that is the reason why in the context of history, uh, when you see uh, uh, black teachers, black Hebrew Israelite teachers talking about 
uh, slavery being a Christian sin or being a white Christian sin or an evangelical Christian sin, they must understand, they have to understand, they have no choice but to understand or reject the truth that uh, not all white people were Christians and uh, even with the Christians, Christians are still sinners and they're not sinners by nature in the sense of genes, they're definitely sinners by nature, but they're sinners by covenant. Uh, there are everyone's first father, both black and white, uh, Jew and Greek, Israelite and Gentile, were all descendants of Adam, and so all of us are in Adam's sinners. And that includes black people, and that includes white people, and includes all people. Uh, we are all descendants of Noah. And that, so we are all sinners in Noah as well. Uh, th this is not something that we can get past. And the only reason why a culture for had progressed so quickly is just sheer, God, sheerly God's grace. God simply blessing His people, and He blessed them significantly. And we can rejoice in that fact. We can rejoice. Um, in that glory, we can rejoice in the glory of God that He was so kind to do so. And we should seek to be faithful. We should seek to continue in our faithfulness and recognizing by God's grace, He is being faithful all across the world, not just in our own local community. Uh, we should not simply focus on our own community, seeing the sins of it, and not notice the great progress that we have come. Uh, I often say it doesn't matter which uh, race you fall under, your ancestors still worship trees. My ancestors worship trees. Uh, your ancestors worship trees. At some point, if you go down the line, somebody's worshiping a tree. Uh, at some point, our ancestors so rejected the truth of God that they were willing to kneel down before uh, trees that dropped their leaves every year that would go dormant. Even the trees in which our ancestors prayed to uh, were willing to bow their roots to God and recognize His power over them. Uh, they, they, you know, they have enough sentience to recognize that, but yet we are not. And that is why we are in the problem that we are in today uh, because of our sin because of our lack of repentance because of our uh, inability to seek his face uh, we have made God a stranger in our land and this is why our land is cursed this is why we have uh, people shooting each other this is why uh, police officers are corrupt this is why people being policed are corrupt, uh, and this is why uh, there is a sense of anarchy in our land, because God is a stranger in our land, and it is mostly the unconverted's fault, it is mostly the unbeliever's fault that God is a stranger in our land. Uh, the church certainly has some fault to it, the Christian certainly has some fault to it, but it is most definitely 
not mostly their fault. It is most definitely the majority fault of the unbeliever. It is you, unbeliever, who have rejected God's truth, refuse to bow your knee, and so thus, here we are in the turmoil that we're in. You make excuses that it is the church, you make excuses that it is the Christian, but no, my dear friend, it is not our fault um, in the majority, it is your fault in the majority, because you are the one who refuses to bow the knee. We at least have the humility to bow our knee to a great and mighty and gracious God. And we are simply asking you to do the same, and you say no. And when you say no, you say yes to something else, and this is what you say yes to. You say yes to Trump when you don't bow your knee to Jesus. You say yes to black Israelite shootings when you don't bow your knee to Jesus. You say yes to ongoing wars and desolation and decimation and and desertation and degradation and taxation and persecution. You say yes to all these things when you do not bow your knee to the Prince of Peace and kiss the sun. You say no to Jesus. You say yes to Jezebel. You say no to Jesus. You say yes to injustice all across the world. Now, in this segment, I wanted to ask you to get a book that will uh, greatly guide you to um, just, uh, it's a really good read. It will uh, help you with understanding where I'm at with uh, certain things politically, uh, church-wise, culturally. Uh, it's a book called uh, Angels in the Architecture. It's written by Douglas Jones and uh, Douglas Wilson. And the thrust of the book is dealing with uh, the difference between the medieval age and the modern age that we're living in now. Uh, the uh, Christian uh, culture of the uh, Middle Ages versus the uh, secular, um, scientific um, age and culture of our modern day and the disillusion that people are having, the hopelessness, the depression that has come in the wake of modernity, and why uh, modernity is not modern at all. It is something old that simply uh, Christianity has uh, long since uprooted, sought to uproot, has been doing very well at uprooting, and uh, right now, uh, there is a push from uh, those ancient pagan uh, gods to uh, establish anew, establish again uh, what Christ has ripped down. Uh, let me, I'll read a paragraph real quick of uh, this book to uh, illustrate um, why it would be a good read for you. Uh, here as follows it goes. Uh, We may say with gratitude and humility that the purpose of God in history is to redeem the world and to bring mankind up to maturity in Christ. What is man? And yet God has um, been pleased to set all things under his feet 
Um, we were created to make beautiful things in music, in stone, on canvas, in sculpted gardens, and in um, wonderful buildings. But because of our rebellion in Adam, we not only fell away from our appointed task, we also fell under the untutelage of cruel masters. The ground quickly filled with thorns and the sky was filled with malevolence. And so we were rudely governed, like disobedient children. The splendor of that ancient world was not fully human. The ancient um, boast that man is the measure of all things was made by those who had an, intel or an alliance with other with another realm, and that realm was not a kingdom of men. Our Lord was born as one of us in order that, in order to redeem and topple all these ancient powers. As that great aeon um, came crashing to a close, the pillars holding that old sky were thrown down a new heaven and a new earth were established. The seed of David came to destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil. He was lifted up in death, and at that moment the ruler of the age was cast down. And when he had triumphed over all things, all powers, um, he made a spectacle of them, taunting and humiliating them. The governors of that Aeon were overthrown, and in the wisdom of God it is accomplished through their murder of a righteous man. Clearly, if the rulers of that age had known what they were doing, they would not have crucified our Lord and our glory. So that's just a bit of a taste of what um, the book would um, give you. Uh, this book is an encouragement to Christians to seek after Christ's kingdom to seek his face, to seek his kingdom, to seek, um, to pray, pray for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Christ reigns now and he will reign and he will sit at the right hand of God the Father as it says in 1 Corinthians 15. He will reign until all of his enemies um, are put onto his feet. As Psalm 2 says, um, that the nations are raging and the people are plotting in vain. And then, um, he is called, and then he calls the nations who are raging to action, who are conspiring against God to action, saying, to kiss the sun, to kiss the sun, lest his wrath be kindled. So this is um, the call of the book. This is the call to Christians by this book and also a call to the world to look out for here we come, and the man will come around. Be ready. On this episode of episode 50 of Curious Conversations, I wanted to start a segment where I go through uh, alphabetically the countries that are in the world, or the nations that are in the world, and kind of give a brief history as far as um, getting people interested in uh, knowing more about their surroundings. Uh, as, as it would happen, as it would, as, uh, 
God's providence would have it. Uh, the first country that's on the list is Afghanistan, uh, a country that uh, is very well known by name, but not very well known by history. Uh, and obviously in this short couple minute segment, it's not going to do you much good as, as far as giving you a exhaustive study on it. Uh, but I did want to make many curious points that I have. Uh, one is that Afghanistan for the last, um, we'll say about 1,200 years, has uh, struggled for control, I guess would be a good word, between the Hindus, Buddhists, and the Muslims. Uh, for the last 1,200 years, there's been a clash amongst uh, those three uh, religions, uh, the heresy of Islam, which is a Christian heresy, the heresy of Buddhism, which is a Hindu heresy, and uh, the clash of Hinduism, which is a, uh, a, an original uh, religion. We had, as far as uh, Christianity is concerned, uh, one, it, there is the Islamic presence, uh, Christian Unitarian heresy, and uh, Nestorians have uh, sought to be in there for a few hundred years between about the 5th century and the 11th century before there was a huge push by the Muslims to uh, seek to take over Afghanistan. Uh, there were many what's called Nestorians, which are also a heretical Christian sect. They were finally basically rooted out, or at least their power. They had bishops and church leaders um, for that 600-year uh, stretch. They no longer have bishops there. Uh, it is believed or, um, that there are uh, virtually no Christians in Afghanistan, uh, which... Uh, is not necessarily the case. There, there are Christians there. Uh, we, more than likely, they are uh, uh, heretical, uh, believing in false teachings. Uh, those to whom have uh, rejected uh, historic Christian truths. I would once and say it is a nation of heretics, as it um, comprises vast majority. Um, the vast majority of the Afghan population are either uh, Muslims, a Christian heresy, or Buddhists, a Hindu heresy. Uh, thus, you could it's safe to say that uh, it's a nation of heretics. Uh, this, this being said, uh, not all of them are heretical leaders. Uh, many of them are just seeking joy and peace, and unfortunately, uh, you don't find that in um, heretical sects. Uh, they are not finding it in Islam. They haven't found it in Islam for about uh, you know, 900 years. When the dust settled finally from all the conquesting, uh, they thought that they would uh, find it. They did not find it. Uh, there has always been a very strong um, 
opioid epidemic in Afghanistan. Uh, in fact, that's where a lot of our opiates had come from was in Afghanistan. Historically, has been the case. Uh, you see Marco Polo talking about it in his travels through Afghanistan as he's heading to China. Uh, Afghanistan's also strategic militarily, as it uh, is right off of, or it is a very important area if you're wanting to try to invade, let's say, China or try to invade, especially uh, India. Uh, it is very difficult to try to take over Afghanistan, as many have uh, learned. It takes centuries to do so, and most modern uh, countries are not willing to uh, put in that manpower, not, not willing to put in the resources to do so. Um, and the reason why I want to mention this is I believe that uh, Afghanistan should be taken for Christ. I think that uh, missionaries should uh, flood in there, uh, that they should uh, seek to uh, flood in there like the Apostle Thomas did um, in the first century, uh, like the even the heretical uh, Nestorians did in the uh, fifth century, like the Jesuits um, sought to do in the uh, 16th century, and then also finally the uh, Pope in Rome finally got a Catholic chapel in the Italian uh, embassy and also was able to establish a, a mission in uh, in Afghanistan um, I believe right near uh, the embassy uh, so as to help with medical and humanitarian aid things uh, so if if the Papists can do it, there's no reason why the Protestants can't do it. If the Catholics can do it, there's no reason why the Calvinists can't do it. The Presbyterians should be all over this. Uh, there, there is obviously the stigma of uh, Afghanistan being a war country, and this is certainly the, um, true. Uh, it is much to the discredit of our media for uh, uh, basically all the movies, all the documentaries are always about uh, the wars that happen in Afghanistan, but that's also because there have been a lot of wars in Afghanistan, a lot of battles, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of fighting. Uh, obviously, if you ask an Afghan, uh, they would say that they are not the ones who started it, they are just simply... Um, promoting self-defense uh, style fighting uh, but they are very defensive people in the sense of there are organizations like Open Doors USA who say that they encourage Christians to stay quiet, to stay hidden to stay um, out of sight to pretend to be Muslims and things like that because uh, if you are caught in Afghanistan as an actual Afghani, as being a Christian, uh, you are very at risk, not necessarily from the government, 
uh, to be um, killed by the government or whatever. But uh, vigilantes, there are there are uh, people who kill Christians for uh, sport along with uh, for honor. And some people are hired to do so by families. Uh, and uh, this is a very unfortunate thing, especially from a heretical sect like Islam who claims to be more peaceful than Christianity. It's his, uh, that has been its uh, propaganda for hundreds of years that it's more peaceful than it's than the mother church it's more peaceful than uh, the christian uh, church the trinitarians the unitarian uh, sect is more uh, at peace it is the land of peace it is the people of peace it is the religion of peace and that all other religions peoples and uh, lands that are governed by anything other than islam uh, true islam is uh, the land of war, is the people of war, is the religion of war. And so they'll obviously blame shift and say that, uh, but uh, you don't get hundreds of documentaries expressing how violent you are by no reason. Uh, especially, like I said, their videos, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not hearsay. So there's footage, all that good stuff. And by good, I mean terrible. Um, Afghanistan has a very bad uh, sex trafficking problem as well. Uh, very large rape culture. Very domineering. Very uh, chauvinistic. Uh, and part of that has to do with very weak men. There are very weak men in Afghanistan. There are no strong men. There are no... Uh, godly men to restrain uh, sinful men. There are no uh, men of God to uh, bring forth uh, godly morality, biblical morality, uh, to bring forth uh, biblical restraint. And so therefore, uh, you have a culture in Afghanistan very prevalent of uh, heresy, uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault, uh, kidnapping, uh, violence, acts of violence, fits of violence, uh, war, and this is a perfect opportunity, a perfect place for the gospel of peace, uh, the prince of peace, the uh, people of peace, the Christian missionary, uh, to seek to uh, build a church to establish a church, to lift up a church, to bring up a church, to bring up Christian families, and to um, bring forth an end of wars in Afghanistan, not by the sword, but by the gospel of peace, by the sword of peace, by the shed blood of Christ. Uh, there will be blood. Uh, there will be danger. I'm not saying that there will not be danger that, I, that all of a sudden the Afghans, the Afghan people will uh, instantly bow to Jesus. Even if many do, there will be many who uh, seek to uh, 
uh, snuff out the flames, to uh, strangle the seed, to uproot the sapling before it takes too strong of a root. Uh, but they tried that in Japan, beloved. They tried that in Japan. They're trying that in China. They've tried that everywhere. They've tried that here in America. Right? Uh, the world has tried that in uh, um, England, in Germany, in the Roman Empire. The world has sought to do all the things that we are afraid that Afghanistan will do, and has failed thus far. Christ is king now, beloved. Christ is king now, and he will uh, remove the curse as far as it's found. As far as the curse is found, he will bring his peace, he will bring his joy, and he will uproot that curse, even the curse of Islam. And he will do it by the way of his fullness, which is the church. We are the fullness of Christ, and Christ fills all in all. He includes Afghanistan. Alright guys, don't be afraid to share this. Um, episode. Don't be afraid to share any of the episodes. Please go back and listen to all the episodes. Uh, there is a lot of really good stuff in um, the series of messages that I've done, the series of conversation topics, uh, really good talking points, really good uh, dealings with issues that uh, do not get dealt with even-handedly. Uh, I feel that it is important that you seek to not just get more information, get more knowledge about any subject, but also learn how to talk about them in such a way that uh, spurs on longer conversations, deeper conversations, and do not burn bridges with the people that you are uh, talking with. Uh, it is a uh, art, it is an art form that needs to be worked on. Certainly, uh, you are to uh, do better as you go. And, as G.K. Chesterton, an old, 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 old uh, Christian man uh, once said, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Uh, that being said, uh, you should um, learn from others, learn from my mistakes, learn from other people's mistakes, and always seek to get better at conversating, get better at talking, get better at listening, uh, so as to uh, seek to continue these conversations. Um, with the end goal of uh, drawing people to Jesus, with the end goal of uh, understanding that you have the high ground as a Christian. If you are not a Christian, you do not have the high ground. Um, this is why Christians should control the conversation, because only in a Christian conversation will real conversations get anywhere. Uh, enjoy, guys. If you want to talk to me about anything that I've discussed, please uh, go to... On my Facebook, uh, find me at Zachary Kameen. I'm also on uh, different groups like Reform Pub or uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast, uh, Family Gathering. Uh, as well, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary Kameen. You can find me on uh, YouTube at Zachary Kameen, The Curious Christian. Uh, I'm all over the place, guys, so by all means, uh, hunt me down. Uh, don't kill me, but talk with me. Take care. Bye.